All right, all right. Well, again, as is said, good morning to everyone. It's good to see you all here and um, to give honor and, and praise to God and to remember uh, Martin Luther King Jr., whose birthday is today. It is today, so we uh, remember him, and uh, we'll hear a little bit about uh, him later on in uh, today's sermon. The sermon comes to us under the title of Discipleship Begins in Relationship, okay? Discipleship Begins in Relationship. We're going to look at uh, four steps, if you will, in the life of faith and in the life of the Christian witness, four steps that are revealed for us in um, the small encounter that we have between Jesus, Andrew, and the unnamed disciple. In this, we will be able to explore the divine initiative that is at work in each of our lives. Four steps, as I say, begins with God's call to us. What are you looking for? Our response? Where are you staying? Divine invitation? Come and see? That leads to instruction. And then the fourth step, discipleship. What we do with what we have learned. Four steps that we will see in this little passage, this interaction between these three people. As I say, the first one is the calling of God. What are you looking for? After the mystery of the prologue and that wonderful introduction, after John the Baptist's interrogation, as they come to see who are you and what are you talking about, after his proclamation where he says, I am not the Messiah. I am just a voice that is crying out in the wilderness. After all that, Jesus steps upon the narrative stage and says the first words in the Gospel of John that he speaks. And what are those first words? What are you looking for the first words not only to Andrew and to the unnamed disciple these are words for us these are words that each of us can wrestle with and encounter and struggle what are you looking for what are we looking for the gospel story tells us that Andrew and the other disciple were seekers they were already in search of something they had become followers of John the Baptist. But then he tells them that this stranger from Nazareth is the Messiah, is God's chosen one, the very Lamb of God. And so they follow him until he turns around and gives them this piercing question, what are you looking for? One says, brothers and sisters, we can say that Jesus stands at the door of St. Anne's for each of us as we walk through that door asking us what are you looking for? Why are you here? Why have you answered my father's insistent call to be in this place at this time? What are you looking for? The first question, the first step 
in the Christian life. Then comes the response and the request. What am I looking for? Rabbi, where are you staying? This is not just an idle question that is born of their curiosity. As I said, these are seekers. We should be in the state of seeking. Here is God's chosen one. Here was someone with whom they wanted to spend time, someone they wanted to know and learn from. There was excitement. There was mystery that was in the air. There was expectation. Think back in your own lives to your first encounters and first meetings maybe with someone who turns out to be a really true and dear friend, maybe even with the person that you fall in love with and decide that you're going to marry. Isn't there sometimes that sense of expectation and that wonder? Like, where, where are you staying? Where do you live? When can we get together? When can we hang out with each other? Isn't that part of our lives? Just like these two, Andrew and the disciple, asking, where are you staying? Our gospel story does not offer a very simple answer. I mean, Jesus does not reply and say, well, you know, I'm, I'm staying over on, uh, on King David Street. It's a third house on the left. You can't miss it. It's the one with the stars shining above it. <laughs> no, he says, come and see. A grand invitation. The third step. For the ancient rabbis and for the teachers, come and see meant come and understand. Come and learn. Come and be in conversation with me. Come and be in relationship. This is the invitation that leads to transformation. The encounter that leads to another, and then another, and then another, and discoveries are made, and new insights are revealed. Come and see. We hear this repeated throughout John's Gospel. So what Philip says to Nathaniel, who is dismissive of anything and anyone from Nazareth. Come and see. This is what the Samaritan woman says to her villagers after she meets Jesus there at the well. Come and see a man who has told me everything about my life. And then when some Greeks wish to see Jesus, They approach Philip, who goes to Andrew. And then both of them go to Jesus, the Greeks likely following closely behind. And though it's not laid out in the gospel, we can easily imagine Philip and Andrew sort of motioning to the Greeks, come on, come on, come and see. So we have the three steps, the call and the question. What are you looking for? The response and request, where are you staying? The invitation, come and see. And here is where discipleship begins, in that relationship. But the disciple must be taught. She must sit with the master and learn. This is the way of the the attentive apprentice or the devoted student. She must, we must, as St. Paul told the Romans, put on the Lord Jesus Christ before we can even think of going out 
and do a proclamation of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have to be taught by the Lord Jesus Christ. Our discipleship begins in the intimate relationship with the Word, with the sacrament that teaches us, that forms us, that transforms us. The relationship that is not only is with Jesus alone. It's not just a me and my Jesus kind of thing. You'll note that there were three people who were involved. Andrew, Jesus, and the unnamed disciple. We are all in that relationship with each other. The process I'm laying out here that we see in the gospel story is not simply limited to the Christian life, the life of faith. I think if we take a look at the letter from the Birmingham jail that Martin Luther King wrote, we can also see these four steps in action. If we cast our minds back to that time in our country's history, to, to 1963, that, that time of, of ferment, when he writes this letter, you can imagine, in a sense, God's divine initiative calling out to the country, what is it that you are looking for? You people of America, what is it that you are looking for in all that is happening? The country responds, in a sense, perhaps, we want to understand. We want to know where you are, O oh God, in all of this ferment, in this protesting, in this violence that is happening, in this upheaval. Where are you in this? And God responds, come and see, in a sense, take and read. I offer you this letter through my witness. Through my missionary to you, I offer you this word. Come and see. Take and read. Pick it up. Read it. And what is it that we read in this letter after all of the allusions that King got, does to, to Paul Tillich and to Abraham Lincoln and to Martin Luther and to Socrates and on and on and on it goes. What is it that we read? Quote, Is not segregation an existential expression of man's tragic separation, his awful estrangement, his terrible sinfulness. Quote, Human progress never rolls in on wheels of inevitability. It comes through the tireless efforts of men and women willing to be co-workers with God. And lastly, let us all hope that the dark clouds of racial prejudice will soon pass away and the deep fog of misunderstanding will be lifted from our fear-drenched communities and in some not-too-distant tomorrow, the radiant stars of love and brotherhood will shine over our great nation with all their scintillating beauty. The letter was a call to action, a call to discipleship in the cause of civil rights. After the letter is written, and it's not as if King is wanting us to just lay it down and say, well, that was a very interesting read. He's a very thoughtful man. Same thing with the gospel. We're not just supposed to read it and think, oh, well, that is a wonderful story. There is the action 
that is required, the discipleship, the fourth stage of the Christian life, after being called, after being our inquiry, after our invitation and our learning, discipleship. God has confronted us with a question. Where are you? What are you looking for? Sixty years have come and gone since that letter was written, and our work as Christ's students, as Christ's disciples, continues in this fourth step of discipleship. As I say, God confronts us with a question that forces us to examine our hearts and our motives and our needs. And we have asked for help and for instruction. And he has responded with a grand invitation in the story of Jesus Christ. A story that feeds us, that strengthens us, and that guides us in our witness. Our witness to Jesus Christ, for it is not ourselves that we proclaim. We proclaim Christ Jesus as Lord, like John the Baptist, pointing to Jesus Christ. He must increase. I must decrease. Our witness points to Christ. Our witness allows us to join with the psalmist who says, not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name we give glory. It is not our will that is at work, but God's will, God's divine initiative that is working through us, calling us into this life as disciples of Jesus Christ, a life, as I say, that begins in relationship and in an invitation, the relationship with Christ and with each other, relationship that continues and is sustained by Christ and sustained by each other. I need you. I need you to help me in my witness. You need each other to help in your witness. As I said, it's not just a me and my Jesus thing, all cuddled up nice and in a comfy corner somewhere, with a glass of uh, hot chocolate or something. I need you in relationship. As I say, it's three people in our story. It's Jesus, Andrew, and the unnamed disciple in relationship together responding to the grand invitation. Come and see, and then be my disciples. Be my witnesses. This is what happened in the story. We go back to it. This is exactly what happened. Andrew and the other disciple, after spending their time with Jesus, they go out and they become a witness. They go to Peter and say, we have found the Messiah. And so then the story moves and goes and goes and goes. We see it goes to the Greeks and it goes from one generation to another, from one century to another, from one millennia to another, down to us sitting here gathered today. All of us brought together by this story, by this invitation, by these four steps, we live now in the fourth step of discipleship. 
So let us ever be ready, brothers and sisters, to do good, to be Christ's witnesses, to always be ready to give a reason for the faith that not only is in us, but the faith that inspires us to live our lives so that they may be a song of praise to the glory of God's name, now and forever. In the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.